When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's Thursday, November 3rd, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, we uh, we got something last night in the World Series that we we haven't seen in in geez, what sixty years uh, um, or more. Uh, a no hitter in a World Series game, uh, the first since uh, Don Larson in what 1956. Uh, as somebody who you know covered Don Larson's rookie season, uh, what was it like for you to watch uh, history being made by the Astros and uh, Christian Javier? Just uh, uh, really a, a fun night at uh, a fun night for the Astros for sure. Not so much fun for the Phillies, but uh, just just really you know just a remarkable pitching night uh, for the Astros, and you know. Joe, the, these the the Astros just keep rolling these guys out. You know, if it's not Framber Valdez, it's it's Christian Javier. You know, just uh, you know, and you know Javier just you know, I mean, he he was eleven and nine in the regular season, two point five four ERA, um, one hundred forty eight and two third innings, one hundred ninety four Ks, and you could you know, and he's just he's been just as dominant in the postseason. He's Right now he's two and zero with a zero point seven one ERA in twelve and two third innings. Uh, the opposition has scored one run against this guy on two hits in the postseason. In the postseason, the opposing batters are hitting 051 against him. It's just you know he he was just fun to watch work uh, last night. He was he kind of was up in the zone. He was down in the zone um, and just. You know the, the Phillies after hitting what five home runs or, mm-hmm. uh, the night before were uh, were defenseless. Yeah, uh, Javier sort of gives off uh, you know Tristan McKenzie vibes out there. Uh, you know, same sort of same sort of feel in, in his ability to to limit uh, the opposing offense uh, hitting wise. You know, they they teams just don't get hits off of them, and you know uh, McKenzie might give up a few more long balls uh, here or there. But the stuff is very similar, you know, relying on a, a, a really good fastball that has good, uh, good late life and all that. Um, yeah, a, a, another combined no hitter uh, for for the Astros this year. Uh, Javier uh, started the game where they uh, they had one earlier this season. Uh, I, I know combined no hitters don't have the uh, 
the flash or the pizzazz of a you know a, a single pitcher going out there and, and and completing it wire to wire. But uh, like you said, just a remarkable night of pitching uh, by the Astros, especially considering you know they 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 really just picked themselves up off the mat uh, after after looking so awful uh, in in game three having given up those five home runs and and really not being able to generate any offense themselves. Yeah, you know, they tied the series at 2-2. They've got Justin Verlander going tonight uh, against uh, Noah Syndergaard. And you, as as much as Verlander has struggled this postseason, you would have to think that's they've got a great chance of going back to uh, Houston, you know, up in the series 3-2. And um, the combined no-hitter, Joe, uh, Javier goes six innings, nine Ks, two walks. Then Brian Abreu comes in for an inning. Rafael Montero comes in for an inning. And then Ryan Presley uh, finishes uh, finishes it off with an inning. So they, they go nine innings, three walks, 14 strikeouts. First uh, no-hitter in the, in the postseason since, uh, you know, Roy Halladay did, uh, did it against, I believe, the Reds in the 2010 NLDS. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, Don Larson's perfect game in the 1956 World Series for the Yankees. Yeah, uh, it's significant, uh, you know, major uh, history uh, there. For you. Doing it in the World Series, doing it in a, a a game where your team is behind in the World Series and they they, they sort of need that, um, that jolt. Uh, offensively, what it was... Uh, uh, Jordan Alvarez getting plunked with the bases loaded to to drive in a run, and then Alex Bregman coming up and uh, you know a, a base clearing double. Yeah, they scored all their runs, five runs in the fifth inning against uh, Nola. Uh, Nola kind of left uh, with the with the bags juiced. Uh, Bregman just a great at bat. Um, you know he's down 0-2. You know, he, you know, he kind of shortened up his swing. He, he knew he didn't have to, you know, hit it out of the ballpark. Uh, went to right field, you know, down the line and, you know, drove in a couple of runs with that double. And that was really, you know, basically all they needed. He just, and he's having, he's having a big series for Houston as, as he usually does. I think he's, what he's tied, maybe he's got the most home runs uh, by a third baseman in the postseason um in in history so you know he's had, he's he's picked up right where he left off for for as dramatic as these playoffs have been you know and there have been uh good close tense games i think every game of this uh this world series so far has has had a you know a five nothing lead or a you know a three four five nothing lead uh for for one way or another all these shutouts and uh, hardly any of these games in the in the series, these first four games, uh, have have been you know closely contested or um, you know dramatic in any way. Uh, it, it's a, a bit of a shift from uh, the way the the entire postseason has gone uh, all the way around. Yeah, what uh, Houston has only lost one game in the postseason. You know, they were I think they were well, they were seven and zero coming to you coming to Philly. Uh, they got beat, you know, the one game, but you know they're on a roll, you know, the, the and the um, the the Phillies, I mean, have just you know kind of uh, hammered the opposition. You know, they they've really kind of covered up for what whatever they lack in pitching, their power has you know put them in position they are to today. And Joe, that that just to go back to that uh, combined no hitter, um, 
they went uh, on June 25th. They did the same thing to the Yankees, and uh, you know Javier was a starter, Hector Neris, and and Presley finished it off. So you know that's I mean that's pretty cool that the same guys, the same two guys, are involved in one in the regular season and one in the, in in the World Series. Yeah, and you know you can't tell them that it's not a, a significant accomplishment. Uh, uh, you know people who want to downplay a, a combined no hitter, but you know, this is this is the postseason. You're not going to see too many guys go, you know, seven, eight innings deep in a game. Uh, that th- Those would be significant, noteworthy efforts, uh, it, it, especially the way that uh, Houston has protected Javier, you know, all season long. I mean, he, he doesn't have very many games where he's gone very deep uh, into games. He's still a young guy, and, and they're trying to make sure that they, they protect him in, in, in that way. So... Uh, you know, a combined no hitter. I got no problem with it. Uh, you know, go out there and, and win the game any way you can. Uh, the I thought Kyle Schwarber's uh, response when he was asked about it uh, after the game. He obviously he wasn't very happy with the way uh, Philly had performed, and and his response was, "It's like, yeah, so what? Uh, we'll go out there and we'll we'll win tomorrow." Uh, he really sort of trying to. Uh, downplay the the significance of a of, of being no hit in the World Series, but but how does Philly you know pick itself back up and and recapture that momentum that they had uh, after the, the the first two games there in uh, uh, in Philly uh, where where the energy was or the first game there in Philly where the energy was so good. Yeah, they're going to have to the bats are going to have to do it, Joe. Uh, you know. Uh, Noah Syndergaard is uh, starting this game uh, for for Phillies for the Phillies tonight. Um, he is only he's only pitched five and a third innings in in the postseason this postseason. Uh, you know, so I don't know how you know he they, he was going to start uh, game three, but that got rained out, so he got pushed back. So maybe he gets an extra day rest. But this is basically going to be a bullpen game, I, I would imagine, for for uh, for the Phillies and you know Verlander. You know he's got a chance to uh, kind of come back and redeem himself. He's, you know, he's he's one and zero with a seven point two zero ERA in three starts in the postseason, and you know his record in the in the World Series is not good. Uh, so uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, interesting night at Citizens Bank Park. But uh, if the Phillies are going to even this series, they're going to have to uh, they're going to have to do it with the bats. Yeah, they're going to have to beat Justin Verlander, which, you know, even though it is a World Series game where he's proven quite vulnerable, uh, it's, it's still a pretty tall task at any time to, to beat Verlander. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, yesterday uh, afternoon, we got a chance on Zoom to sit there and talk with uh, Stephen Kwan and Miles Straw, uh, now Gold Glove winners in the American League, uh, the outfield, uh, Cleveland's outfield. Uh, two thirds of it uh, now golden, uh, pretty significant, pretty uh, pretty fun little conversation with the two of them, uh, sort of playing off of each other and you know joking around and 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 uh, having a good time, but also uh, you know giving credit where it's due uh, to each other, to the coaching staff, and and really sort of reflecting on the defense that they played this past season uh, that carried the Guardians to. A, uh, a division title and a, a, a nice little playoff run. Yeah, definitely. It was fun. You know, it's fun to kind of, you know, you notice a difference in players as soon as that, you know, uh, the pressure of the season or the postseason is off, they kind of take a deep breath and you, you kind of 
get to see their their maybe their, a little bit of their true personalities. Uh, you know, Quan and and Straw were having fun. You know, they were teasing each other. Uh, I loved it when uh, you know we asked them about uh, their best catches or their favorite catches of uh, you know the season. And Quan, uh, you know, I, I mean uh, Straw, uh, you know, talked about um, the catch Quan made. In, against Seattle in 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 August when he you know dove into the into the stands um, uh, along the left field line and uh, you know Straw came over to check on him and was just making fun of him kind of he said you know Quan uh, had had hurt himself you know he could hardly breathe and he was asking Straw hey d- does that count does it, does the out count since I went into the stands and Straw said no it doesn't count and then, then he realized that that Quan could hardly breathe and he felt bad yeah the uh the takeaway that I I had from that was uh Quan not realizing or not knowing uh yeah that was a uh, that was a, a catch that counts and you know no <laughs> no the no the ground rules I guess is the uh the name of the name of the game for the rookie uh but uh, you know, it just shows you how how Quan is. He 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 was able to laugh about it afterwards, and uh, you know the two of them were just sort of picking on each other uh, there during the call. Uh, it was it was fun to watch that, uh, and you know to 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 look forward to what the future can can hold with these guys. Uh, you know the the possibility that you know either one of them could win the the platinum glove in the American League. Uh, both of them rated very highly. Uh, in terms of the the Sabre defensive metrics, um, and you know it's a big component as to who gets the the platinum glove. Uh, you know, as we said yesterday, you and I both uh, both sort of believe that that Quan's in really strong position to to win that award, uh, and and that would be uh, you know pretty significant. He he could uh, he could be uh, the Guardians. Uh, the, the, he could be Cleveland's second winner of the the platinum glove. I believe yesterday I said that. Uh, Roberto Perez won it, but he was just a finalist. Uh, uh, Francisco Lindor won it in 2016 uh, as the overall best defender in the American League. Um, Juan uh, also mentioned, you know, Kyle Hudson, the outfield coach for the the Guardians, and and the work that he put in, and the work that that he sort of encouraged uh, all of the outfielders as a group, not just Quan and Straw, uh, but you know, it was. It, it, Every day, uh, you know, Hudson would would walk through the locker room and, you know, encourage the guys, hey, you're coming out to take ground balls, you're coming out to take some fly balls. Uh, you know, Juan said n- none of the guys had to do uh, the extra work, but uh, they wouldn't have succeeded if the if the veterans hadn't sort of pushed them to do that. And and that was really sort of the difference in, in, in their growth and their development uh, throughout the season. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Yeah, that was that was that was nice. That was a nice compliment for Hudson. 
and uh, you know, I think you know you, it, it really does. It you have to as a coach, you have to be a motivator. You know, you have to be you know a little bit of a psychiatrist because it's a long season. You know, guys at at one point or another get tired. They don't want to go out and do the pregame work. They don't want to uh, maybe maybe just you know kind of rest and just you know pick up the pick up the bat and uh, go into the game without too much preparation. But uh, it sounded like uh, Hudson was able to uh, get through to the to the outfielders and have them do the the important work that you know the important preparation that you have to do day in and day out to be a professional. And uh, you know those guys did it. You know, Quan and and uh, you know Oscar Gonzalez and, and and Straw and all the outfielders were out there. You know, putting forth the effort. And uh, you know, you notice that. You know, scouts on other teams notice that. That you know, when when guys are out early working, you know, that's uh, not, that does not go unnoticed by your own team, your own teammates, your own manager, your own coaching staff, but to twenty other twenty nine other teams as well. Yeah, Straw uh, mentioned that, you know, on, on some of those days, he said uh, they dealt with so much weather and so much rain and, and, and bad weather here in Cleveland that it wasn't always easy to get out there and, and put in the work, uh, you know, pregame on on days. And, and you know, uh, he said Hudson Hudson knows uh, when, you know, guys need a day to recover or need a day off or, you know, it was a 12 inning game the night before. You know, maybe we don't go out today and 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 take fly balls, but we work on something else. Uh, he also uh, they also complimented Hudson on his, you know, just from at bat to at bat uh, defensively, the the way that he would position them and change them. He was constantly working on their positioning uh, in game and and moving them around, coordinating uh, batter to batter, and using the the analytics and the uh, the information available to them. Uh, I'm sure that paid off in in several, uh, you know, being in position to to make catches uh, that they might not have otherwise made. Uh, you know, positioning so critical, especially for corner outfielders uh, on on certain batters and and where to be. Uh, when you've got a guy like Straw who can run gap to gap, uh, usually he's he he can he can make up for some some mistakes in that area. But but for to have rookies on both corner outfield positions. Uh, and to have them be as successful as they were last year, uh, really uh, just a huge credit to Kyle Hudson. Uh, those gold gloves, I, you know, I, I wonder if uh, if there's a, a trophy that Kyle Hudson can put on his mantle uh, saying, hey, I coached two gold glove winners <laughs> in the same season in the same outfield. Maybe he gets a miniature gold glove or two <laughs> minute two miniature gold gloves. I remember talking to Hudson, uh, Joe, when they they when the Guardians went to Baltimore and and Baltimore had put in you know that moved the left field wall way back and he you know every every series he he goes out and walks the outfield checks out the walls you know of, of the different ballparks you know where where you know the ricochets and and how the ball would come off you know, certain angles of the wall, but in Baltimore, you know, he, he had, he had so much information. It, it was amazing that, you know, well, when the wall was in everybody, here's how far, you know, everybody played from the wall. Now that the wall is back, people are playing 15, 15 feet deeper. Uh, so, it, you know, he was really, it was, it was kind of cool to see the preparation that he, that he did himself and then would pass along to the players. Oh, where is where is it? I, I believe the Mets are in the process of moving their uh, their right field wall in uh, at uh, 
at City Field uh, this offseason. They're they're doing some construction out there. So, you know, it's a it's a constantly changing thing uh, for for some of these these outfield coaches and uh, the the work it it, it never ends uh, during the season. I mean, heck. Uh, Cleveland played its first game in uh, San Diego for the first time in in how many years uh, this past season. So you know these entire coaching staffs and you know uh, guys who had never even been out to to San Diego to play a game. You got to learn. You got it's almost like learning a brand new ballpark for the first time. Yeah, definitely because you can get burned. I mean, just imagine you know Quan going into uh, you know uh, Fenway Park and playing the monster. You know, I mean, you don't, you're not going to, you don't see many 30 foot walls in the, in the minors, I don't think, or, or, you know, in college, you know, with a, so, you know, you have to, you know, you have to adjust and, and the, that's part of the coaching staff's job. You know, the outfield yeah. coaching staff job is to help them adjust, to take them out early, to, to hit fungos off the wall. So they get, get a feel for how the ball comes off the wall. And so they're prepared to, you know, to have straw come over and back up Quan on, on balls high off the wall. If they get by, you know, Quan, we saw that happen a couple of times in Fenway. Yeah, I, I do. If I do recall his first ball uh, off the green monster, uh, he played really well. Quan did. And then uh, a couple of times after that, he might've got a little too close because the ball bounced right over him uh, after, after one, but uh, you know, you can be, you can be all right sometimes when that, when that happens, as long as you keep the ball in front of you and don't let it get too crazy. Uh, uh, it would be fun to watch the the growth next year uh, with, with Quan in, in year two, uh, wherever he plays uh, in, in different parks. Uh, wanted to mention a couple of uh, Guardians uh, prospects and players who are, are playing uh, winter ball right now. Uh, uh, Jose Tania, uh, uh, shortstop. He's uh, in the Dominican. I believe he's in the Dominican League. He's, uh, you know, batting pretty well, hitting 300 in the Dominican uh, Winter League right now. Uh, Brian Rocchio has started his season in the uh, Venezuelan Winter League, and Angel Martinez uh, wrapping up uh, Arizona Fall League action. Uh, all three are primarily shortstops, uh, but these are these are guys who you know you want to keep an eye on. As, as they continue to grow and develop because uh, there might be an opportunity for one or more of them to, to join the club, uh, the major league club next year or the year uh, after that. Yeah. You know, Joe, it, it, you know, if you're a baseball player, if you're a f- professional baseball player and you're a young, you're younger and you're coming up and you're trying to, you know, improve your season really never ends. There is the se- you know, you play your full, you go to spring training, you play your full, uh, you know, minor league season. Then if you're fortunate enough or you want to keep playing, you know, you, uh, your team sends you to the Arizona fall league for kind of a, that's the finishing school, the, or you go to, if you, after that, you might go to, uh, the Dominican to, uh, you know, get 60, 70, 80, 100 at bats before coming to spring training. It is a never ending process. And, you know, you, so, you know, it, 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 you know, it it either kind of makes you or breaks you and, and, you know, Tanya, you know, won the, the AF, the Arizona fall league batting title last year, and he's off to a good start in the Dominican this year. And you got to give those guys credit, man. They, they, they keep grinding. Yeah, I don't think uh, any of them are are much older than 22 years old. So, uh, you know, they've got the bodies to be able to to bounce back and uh, and uh, recover and and keep playing. And 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 you know, they they won't get too tired. I don't think uh, 
you know, I'm sure there's a couple of weeks off in between uh, winter ball and, and getting back at it at spring training. But, you know, uh, when you're 22 years old, that's when you should be out there uh, playing baseball <laughs> year round and, and, and improving and getting better. So uh, speaking of uh, veterans who uh, need are probably going to need some time here. Uh, Jose Ramirez, we're expecting to hear word uh, soon about his offseason uh, hand surgery and how that goes and, and well, you know, what it means. Uh, I, I don't think that there's a, a lot of concern right now uh, over whether or not he'll be ready to go uh, in spring training. But obviously, uh, the Guardians are going to keep a close eye on it and, and, you know, you know, maybe try to treat him, you know, kind of te- kind of carefully. Uh, when spring training does come around, because this is a guy you want uh, healthy at the start of the year and, you know, able to to endure and, and last all the way through uh, the regular season next year. Yeah, great point, Joe. You know, the way Jose, you know, he, uh, handled his handmade, remember the handmade bone surgery he had, what, 2018 or 2019? You know, they said he'd be down six to eight weeks. He came back at, you know, when they were still trying to, Push for the postseason. Had that bit monster game in uh, in Chicago where he hit the grand slam and then a two run or three run homer in his first two at bats. But you know they they, they kind of lost. I, you know they lost they lost the rest of that series and took him out. So you know that was the end of his season. But you know he has he has he has some healing powers and I think uh, you know if they if they thought it was you know serious they would have shut him down in june when he originally you know tore that ligament so uh hopefully the surgery goes well he rebounds quickly and he's ready for spring training i'm just wondering joe do you think uh he will play in the wbc for the dominican republic yeah uh what was it the 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 reason that the story got out um uh, you know a couple weeks ago was nelson cruz was was asked why uh, Ramirez wasn't on the, the, the roster, the, the initial roster for the world baseball classic. And, uh, you know, he, he sort of revealed that to a Dominican, uh, uh, sports journalist, uh, down there. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I can't see if he's going to have that surgery. I can't see him, you know, being ready in time to be fully active and, uh, a part of that roster. Maybe he, he goes just to be with the team, but, uh, his his commitment to to the organization is 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 not in question. I think uh, if the Guardians think it's the best for him to to stay and you know finish his rehab and, and be with the the club, I think he's he's going to want to do that. Uh, you know uh, he showed and he proved uh, you know more than one time uh, this year that you know he's got his priorities straight and he's he's committed to to Cleveland and and winning here in Cleveland and he's going to do what's what's necessary to do that. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. All right, that's going to wrap up today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, another World Series game tonight. We'll be back to wrap up the week here uh, tomorrow, and we'll talk to you then. 